0: Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs right here on the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for KEMS 5 in San Antonio. And uh, by the way, happy Friday. And uh, we're glad that you are back. And what are we talking about today? Well, we really haven't given any attention to the newest member of the San Antonio Spurs, Doug McDermott. You know, we know why the Spurs brought him because he hits those threes. But is there more to him than just a three-point shooter? Can he do something else on the court? What about on the defensive end? Does he have any other offensive facets that we need to talk about? And how is he off the court? So I couldn't think of a better person to turn to to answer some of the questions that you may have and I may have than my Lock On NBA brother. He is Tony East, host of Locked On Pacers. Tony, welcome to Locked On Spurs. I, I think this is the first time we're doing this or the second time?
1: Uh, I think we talked about a Pacers-Spurs preseason game right before yeah. the bubble. We were both yeah. desperate for the content back in those
0: <laughs> days. Yeah, but uh, look, uh, first of all, uh, thank you for taking time out for uh, joining Locked on Spurs. A lot of Spurs fans have questions about the newest member. Questions that maybe you can answer since you were uh, covering the Pacers and, of course, McDermott last season. You know, before we get into the numbers and on the court stuff, Let's talk about how he is as a person. Uh, when you hear Doug McDermott, you know what does that what does that say to you? What's the first kind of thoughts that you come to mind when you think about his personality, his behavior, his attitude?
1: He's a really easygoing teammate, uh, which is pretty interesting to think about as someone who covers the team because you know you always want to think about what a guy's personality means about them or how it reflects the way they play or anything like that, but. McDermott is so interesting because remember at Creighton in college right he was a star right he was the guy that they threw the Mm -hmm. ball to all the time and he was creating his own shots and and attacking pick and rolls and then the NBA totally different player off ball just to shoot well not just a shooter but largely a shooter on offense so he's had to really pivot and kind of analyze his own game and change who he is since his college days which kind of makes him really good at seeing the whole picture of both you know his team dynamic off the court as well as how he fits on the court and you know, when I when I think of McDermott, right, active in the community here in Indy, um, mm. he's done a few things every so often. You know, the, the, the team events and stuff like that. He's always involved in that kind of stuff. Uh, him and TJ McConnell uh, have been getting going on like a wine club, which is pretty funny. I'm not sure if that will continue this season or not. Love uh, ball,
0: maybe um, with Popovich.
1: That's true. Yeah, they'll actually <laughs> yeah. be a good fit. Maybe they'll call in Boris Diao for some consulting, right, go. with the wine stuff going on. Um, but you know, it, from a basketball perspective, as a person, like in post game interviews he'll always be quick to like blame himself for a bad game, right? Oh, you know, the bench couldn't get going because I wasn't in shots or, oh, my right. defense wasn't up to snuff. You know, he's, a, he's not a guy who's going to throw his teammates under the bus. He's, always, he's very aware of what he needs to do and how he can help his team win. And in that way, he always is a stand-up guy who's propping up his teammates and saying the right things. So by all accounts, a great guy. Uh, again, good in the community or never a bad thing in the community, that's for mm-hmm. sure. So uh, someone that you will love, learn to love to cover in San Antonio.
0: You know, before we dive into again the X's and O's and the numbers here, this is a Spurs team that's very young. Uh, Tony, you know that San Antonio's glory days are well behind them. They're pivoting now towards a rebuild youth movement. We're seeing that in San Antonio. Uh Tony, the the eldest statement statesman on the Spurs team right now is DeJounte Murray. Wow. Uh yeah. As far as um you know, uh, been in the culture for a while. I know uh, McDermott is older than him, but it's just far as being that lineage, if you will, within the Spurs uniform. Uh, yeah, at 20, 28, I think he is. I, I got to check on that. But yeah, he is the longest tenured San Antonio Spur. He is now the longest tenured San Antonio Spur. I talked to Lonnie Walker about that recently. at locked on Spurs, and even Lonnie can not believe it? He was like, wow, that's a good point, Jeff. But, um, how is he going to be knowing that he's a little older than most of these guys? I mean, the Spurs are a very young team. Do you think he can relish that kind of leadership mentor role?
1: That's a very interesting point. I didn't realize how young the Spurs were. So he wasn't necessarily like a big time off court leader. You know, mm-hmm. I when you ask young players, I think you, you know you've done this before. You're in the media game. Sometimes you ask young guys like, "What players on the team have you know taken you under your wing or?" You know, giving you some pointers, helped you got through your first couple seasons, and you know, McDermott was never a, a popular answer. He always came up. It's not like he was ignoring anybody or anything, but he wasn't like anybody that the young guys were like, "Wow, he's a, he's really helped me throughout my career." But like I said, when I was talking about who he is as a person, you know, he's always he's always very you know, propping up his teammates and self-critical in a way that you know, I know he I know he cares for his teammates and the success of them. Uh, especially in terms of on the court and in basketball games. And you know he's not necessarily reserved or to himself, but he's not like big into social media or anything either. Right. Like he's kind of a private guy. So I think he can be a good vet and that he'll really teach guys the game. Uh, and then he can, he can help with their shooting. Like uh, mm-hmm. right after he went to the Spurs, like I think chip is going to make McDermott shoot like 60% from three in san antonio right so uh, i think he can give some pointers to the younger guys on shooting uh and I, he's never been tasked to be that before right uh, every team he's been on he's either been a young guy or there's been older guys above him so he's never really needed to be that guy i don't know how he'll do it um, but he's never had to do it before i just think he he can be good at it because he's been so you know good with his teammates in the past
0: yeah and uh you know i, I obviously you know you look at McDermott and you're saying all the right things, you know, San Antonio is, and then the fans are very, very community minded, you know, look at Patty Mills, for example, before he left to Brooklyn, active in the community, you know, spreading the message of, you know, COVID prevention, um, bringing indigenous night to San Antonio, just doing things like that in the community made it tough for the Spurs fans to see him leave to the Nets. But from what you're telling me, it sounds like McDerm- McDermott is going to be active He'll probably take part in some sort of community events for San Antonio as soon as, what, about a month, a month and a half And the NBA season's already here. So that's good to hear. And 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 I think with the Spurs pivoting to the youth movement, you know, they need kind of players that have been there, done it. Now, that's no knock on DeJounte Murray. You know, Tony, we forget that DeJounte Murray played with Kawhi in San Antonio, played with Tony Parker, played with uh, Manu Ginobili for a bit. So, you know, he's he's already familiar there. But I think the Spurs need to have some sort of other veteran presence. You know, we forget Patty is gone. DeMar is gone. Rudy Gay is gone. That's a big chunk of NBA experience, Tony.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think McDermott can definitely help with that gap, right? Like he's been on some some good teams, some bad teams. So he's got some experience in the way. But, right, like he played with Jimmy Butler – Uh, And Dwayne Wade, even with that Chicago Bulls team in 2016-17, he went to the Thunder, so he played with Russell Westbrook Uh, in 2016-17. He was on some good Dallas teams. Just before they got Luka, he was with the Knicks, right? So he's been on a lot of franchises, understands what young guys would need and how vets would work, right? Especially playing with Jimmy in Chicago, for example. Right. And, and with the Pacers, they had Damian Wilkins, um, who you probably have never even heard of if you're just a, a Spurs fan. But, you know, the, he, they signed him to be a vet leader. Al Jefferson uh, was another guy they had to be a vet leader here. Justin Holiday has been one as well. So he, he's seen how it works and how he needs to do it. I know he's um, pretty tight with Anthony Tolliver, who also went to Creighton. Uh, Anthony mm-hmm. Tolliver has been another vet. Also a former Spur. A former Spur, yes. Notorious yes. for... Um, some good off-court leadership stuff. So I think he he knows what he'll need to do if he's asked to do it. Um, but I don't, you know, I, I just don't know what the Spurs foresee from him in terms of off-court leadership role. But I know he can do it if he's asked to do it.
0: All right, let's go to shift now to the offensive side of what the Spurs fans can expect from the newest member of the Spurs, Doug McDermott. He is Tony East, my locked on NBA brother over at Locked On Pages. Just make sure to follow Tony on Twitter at t East NBA. Do it right now. Uh, it's going to get X's and O's now. I think that's uh, you know the bread and butter. You know why the Spurs brought him on? Hey, obviously, you know this, Tony. The uh, Spurs, let's just say they weren't the best three-point shooting team last year. <laughs> uh, very, very, very poor from beyond the arc. They, I mean, just in attempts, Tony, they were dead last. I mean, they 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 just need guys that can just even take them. I mean, it's to that point for San Antonio. And that's obviously the direction they're going with a lot of the recent signings. McDermott, Brent Forbes is back. You look at the draft. You know, Joe Wieskamp, another three-point marksman. We see where they're going. We see what they need to address. And I think they're doing a good job of that, and especially with Doug. Um, talk to us about his three-point shot. Does he have a favorite spot? Can he run and catch and shoot the three? You know, just, just break it down for us. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, contests, including the half- million dollar nfl mega contest and the Two Hundred Thousand Dollar nfl survivor contest open now at bet online head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get yourself a 100 welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo make a bet on thursday september 9th season opener between the super bowl champion buccaneers and the dallas cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 dollars BetterLine is the safest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to horse racing. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetterLine, your online sportsbook expert. Use promo code LOCKEDON.
1: Yeah, so I always laugh about the Spurs and three-point shooting because when the Pacers had Nate McMillan, they also were not a team that shot a lot of threes. And every time I checked the stats... The Pacers were 29th in three-point attempts, and the Spurs were always the only team behind them. So yeah. I've long followed the Popovich three-point trends that he uh, that he likes to go with. And McDermott is a good fit, though, because, like you said, he can get him up. He can knock him down from anywhere. He really came on as a shooter uh, really the first year out of – or his last year of his rookie deal, excuse me. Like, he shot pretty well uh, in the first couple years of his rookie deal, but then he was able to let him fly a lot when he went to, like, Dallas and New York. Uh, And he really established himself as a shooter, came to Indiana. He shot over 40% his three years here. And he really upped the attempts. Uh, His last two seasons with the Pacers, they really figured out what his best role is. And, you know, you talk about how he makes them or how he gets him up, which is important, right? Like, if you're Mm -hmm. just a a catch-and-shoot guy, a standstill guy, you have some gravity. And that, that helps your team quite a bit, obviously. You know, there's a million of those guys in the league to some extent. But, you know, McDermott is a movement shooter. And that's what's really threatening and dangerous and what makes him so good. Like it seems like half the plays he's in the game. I'm not sure that that the Spurs will use him the same way the Pacers did. But for three years with the Pacers, so many possessions when McDermott was in the game, he's flying out of the left corner and he's coming around the screen and he catches and he can either turn and shoot around the screen or pass to the roll man or put it on the floor or something like that or you know he'll he'll, he'll act like he's running around the screen and a pop back out behind the three point line on the left wing. He loves coming out of the left corner. It was his spot. The year he shot 44% from three, 2019-20, he did that almost every possession. Then Nate Bjorklund took over in Indiana last year, uh, and he met with Doug McDermott in Phoenix last offseason. He was like, "Hey, let's let's work on coming from the right side a little bit." And he still kind of ran the same sets on the right. It was very much less frequent, but he loves flying out of the corner, flying around the screen to get his threes. You know, from the wing, from the, the top of the key area, and and those are important shots. They're hard to hit when you when you're the guy you're defending to shoot is moving really fast. It's really hard to get a hand in his face or catch up to him, especially with a guy like McDermott who's got a quick release. So. It's really helpful for screeners, you know. I think that's where he provides a lot of value. Like I think Jakob Purtle will benefit a lot playing alongside McDermott, for example. Mm-hmm. Just one spur of many, um, but his shooting is just so valuable because he can do it on the move really quickly, and he can recognize if he's open super quick when he takes off for his route.
0: What can well? Let me rephrase this: the Spurs' young core—Murray, Walker, White, Vassell. They're known for slashing. How much is that going to benefit him as these slashers get to the rim?
1: Yeah, you know, he he wasn't – he's not like a passer. You know, you can look at the sheet and figure that out. Like, less than one assist per game in his career. Um, but he's not a – like, he can see what's happening on the court pretty well. Uh, you know, him and Sabonis had a wonderful two-man game going on uh, this past season especially where he he figured out a few pocket passes he could hit to the roll man. So I'm not necessarily thinking, like, you're going to – throw to McDermott and ask him to find a cutter all the time but you know he he sees what's happening and I think cutters will help him uh in terms of floor spacing you know the other team will have to be mindful of guys going to the basket and away from the basket and in turn you know I think beyond just setting up cutters I think McDermott will help provide spacing so that cutting is easier right that's the mm-hmm. the secondary benefit of shooters is that the floor has more room to run around so all these cutters will have more space to get to the rim or to, to fake out their defender and get to open space. So that that's where I think he can help the cutters most in San Antonio.
0: Yeah. And, and it works the other way too, you know, with the cutters cutting that you know, open space for McDermott to uh, right. have clean looks at the three point line. I, I don't know if you address this, but does he have a favorite spot on the uh, three point arc corner, top of the key, you know, how does that look?
1: It's yeah, straight out from the, from the free throw line on the left wing, I would say it's his favorite spot. So, Spurs have a lot of right-handed guys, right? So, fortunately, Mm -hmm. he won't be overlapping with anybody. But, yeah, that's his spot. That's his favorite spot to shoot threes, I would say.
0: Um, Is he streaky? Does he get into the streaks where we'll see games where maybe he doesn't connect? So, he's
1: he's not streaky, but I actually want to track a trend with McDermott when he goes to San Antonio. Uh, He's pretty consistent, I would say, in most games. He's somewhere between, you know, 30 and 50% from deep, but the wildest trend that happened in Indiana was his shooting percentage at home and on the road, right? So last year with the Pacers, he shot 42% from three on the road and 35% at home, right? That's weird. You know, that's a strange gap, but it wasn't that year. If you go two seasons ago with the Pacers, he shot 53% from three on the road. That's not a typo, 53% and 33% at home. He shot 20% better away from Indiana on threes. And then his first year with the Pacers, 49% on the road, 31% at home. The weirdest phenomenon ever. So I'll be tracking in San Antonio if he is still not as good of a shooter at home as he is on the road, or if it was something about the Pacers arena and the colors in that arena that caused <laughs> him to miss, because there's a chance that if it's a color thing, like we we heard about that with Ryan Anderson. I know it sounds ridiculous, but like the red of the a stadium in Houston, I think like made Ryan Anderson not shoot as well there or shoot better there. I forget what it was, but interesting. Uh, okay. That that's a thing for shooters. The backdrop yeah. matters. So if he can connect in San Antonio and it's a good place for him, like he could just be lights out because some arenas he's just better.
0: Yeah. Do you think that with the Spurs obviously looking for three point shots, the shooters, you know, because we we history, you know what happened last year, they're just very poor. That he will assume that main three point threat. Last season we saw Patty Mills usually be that guy, you know, off the bench. But this is a situation where McDermott, you know, I could see him kind of coming in and out of the lineup, you know, maybe coming off the bench. Maybe if matchup's warranted, he gets a starting nod. Uh, not. excuse me. Do, do you think that could mess him up? Do you think that in and out? Does he need to have that consistency? You know, because they say about shooters, they got to have that consistency. Yeah,
1: he's interesting um, in that way. So he has acknowledged before with the Pacers that, he does like consistency, right? And shooters are very repetitive with their routines and their motions. Uh, and then something he likes about coming off the bench, and a lot of guys who are, are good six men like this, is they can see the game and see what's happening for a few minutes and figure out how they can fit in and help, and then they can come in. So maybe he will be well-suited for the, the bench in San Antonio. That said, you know, in Indiana, even when he started, especially this last year, the Pacers had so many injuries. I think he started like half of his games that he played or almost half his games he played. Mm -hmm. He fit in really well with the starters because the starters in Indiana had better passers, right? Guys who could set him up at better timing or with a more accurate pass, right? So he fit in well with those groups because he could provide spacing for them and they could set him up better. So I don't know exactly what San Antonio's starting lineup is going to look like next year. You know, you've mentioned a lot of their young core, I'm assuming. Uh, s- several of them will start, but you know, it, with the starters, for example, like Murray is a good passer, right? So I think he can fit well with him, uh, just right. in terms of timing and accuracy of passes. They can also, like I said, come off the bench, read the game, fit in with those units, and sometimes those second units where it's a little harder for that group to create their own shot because they're just less talented players. Having that spacing can be even more beneficial. So he fits well with both groups. I think he's a little better coming off the bench just because he he has that time to analyze the game. But he, he fits in well with any group, really.
0: All right, so we know uh, what he can do primarily on the uh, offense side of the court. Is there anything else on the offensive side that Spurs fans should be looking from? Maybe something offensively that might surprise Spurs fans.
1: Yes, you will be surprised, I would say. So for all so much of his career, you know, he's been labeled as a shooter, and rightly so. That's what he was for the longest time. This past year with the Pacers, he finally like added a little bit of a dribble drive game. Right, he figured out, and Bjorkren helped him with this. That he was getting attacked so bad by shoot by defenders when he would would square up the shoot that if he would catch and turn a little bit, he could get a two-dribble move to the rim basically whenever he wanted, especially coming around Sabonis screens, because Sabonis is an excellent screen setter. Um, so he really added some two dribble moves last year that he didn't have in the past. He was mostly just, you know, a one dribble guy or a one dribble and pass guy. Uh so he shot six two-pointers per game last year, which doesn't sound like much, but that's far and away the most he shot in his career. He never even reached five. Before last year, he shot 64% on two-pointers because he was so much better at getting to the rim than he ever was in seasons uh, before. Right at the basket, 0-3 to three feet last season, uh, he ended up shooting 72%, right? So he's very good at—he got very good at skating around those screens, and then if the defense is overplaying him, taking two dribbles, getting to the basket for a shot, or dumping it off to a big for a bucket, and that's, what, again, why I think him and Pertle will fit really well together. Uh, so I'm really, I'm thinking Spurs fans, you know, obviously you're, you sign him for the shooting, right? Shooting's expensive and awesome to have these days, but you'll be surprised by how much he's able to come around the screen and get to the rim and actually put pressure on the defense around the basket.
0: This episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Look, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. They got everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, some motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write Lockdown in there. How did you hear about us, Box? And they know that we sent you an amazing selection. Reliable low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Celebrate the freedom of choice with Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, salty caramel. The list goes on and on. And If you cannot figure out which is your favorite flavor, Well then, they got the mix box for you. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. Get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team go to built.com get yourself 15% off your order 15% off at built.com i, I read somewhere or saw some stat that he's actually pretty good at the rim as well is that true
1: yes absolutely that is that is his second best location i would say we actually you know he dunked one time his first year in Indiana, and for some reason it was surprising. Like it didn't look like an angle he could dunk. Um, so he started to call them McDunk contests whenever he would dunk, and there was like a whole hashtag for him. And there's a bunch of videos. Like people would make little spoof videos for his dunks. They're really good. If you Spurs fans want to look them up, just look up hashtag McDunk contests on Twitter. The, my tweets will be everywhere there, but there should be a lot of fun and interesting <laughs> ones too. Um, so check that out. But yeah, he's he good at the rim, and he's got some explosive dunks uh, in his repertoire.
0: Good to hear. All right, let's shift now to the defensive end. I'm going to let you take it from here. Um, I'm not too familiar with his defensive chops, if any. So take it away, Tony. What should we expect defensively?
1: Well, your you're, if any uh, carries a lot of weight there because he's, he's not a particularly good defender. This is why he's not you know, this 20 million per year player. He's not a three and D guy. He's mostly just a three and offensive guy. And okay. he got better on defense in Indiana. A lot of guys do right. Anyone who played for Dan Burke, a former Pacers assistant coach who was just excellent at teaching defense, right? He was really good at teaching the angles and locations. Guys need to stand on defense to really maximize their skills. He improved on defense under Dan Burke in his first year and a little bit of second year in Indiana. But still gets targeted a lot in pick and rolls and gets beat off the dribble every so often, right? He's a little slow-footed in general. So defense is really his weak point. Again, he he sees the game pretty well, so his like positioning is good. His team defense is, like, okay. Um, but, he, you know, he's definitely a negative on the defensive end of the floor, one of the weaker defenders in the NBA, uh, just because he's slow-footed and a little slow with the reads and patterns of defense. Uh, so he got had some help from the Pacers' assistants his first two years here, but then Dan Burke moved on to Philly that last year. Um. So his defense was a little worse last year too, and that was some of the Pacers' coverages were were jank, really. But uh, yeah, he he just he wasn't very good on defense uh, for the Pacers, and I would not expect him to be a good defender uh, in San Antonio. He's definitely a little better at defending guys like on the ball in the post, but on the perimeter, he's just not a very good defender.
0: Do you think with Popovich and his defensive first mindset that we might you, you might or can you know would he be amenable to? getting better on the defensive end. You know, Pop got the best out of guys that didn't historically have a reputation of being great defenders. Now, I'm not saying Doug is going to be Defensive Player of the Year candidate next season, but would it surprise you if you see his defense get a little better next season.
1: You know, that would you say, I'll ask you a question to answer your question. Would you say yeah. DeMar DeRozan got better on defense in San Antonio?
0: Yeah, I think he did. Just just, just slightly. You, see, you, I would, saw, more, you saw more of a commitment.
1: I agree with you, and I and I ask that to say I can. I think you could expect to see like a similar level of defensive jump from McDermott on defense that you saw from DeRozan, right? Guys who are labeled as a worse defender and old stops, or you know aren't necessarily as good on defense, seem to come to San Antonio and get better at it. So I think you'll see a jump from him on that end, similar to the way with DeRozan. You know he was not viewed as a good defender in Toronto, but was a little better at it in San Antonio. I think you could see that jump from McDermott, but, you know, again, he's he'll turn 30 this coming season. Like, he's not getting any faster, so it uh, might be a little harder for him to, to improve on that end.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned the age. You know, that's what they want to address now. Uh, he's, I guess, technically entering the prime of his NBA career, and uh, what you're seeing throughout, you know, his uh, time in the NBA uh, you know, he put up good numbers to throw what, close to 14 points last season, 3.3 rebounds, one assist uh, per uh, well, at least 1.3 assists per game. Uh, interesting, though, free throw shooting. For some reason, I had it in my mind that he was at least 90 or above. He's <laughs> at he's at 82 ish percent. It, you know, is that kind of surprising? I mean, should Spurs first fans kind of be exasperated at times when he's at the charity stripe. He's
1: alright. I mean, he, you know, above 80% is pretty good. You know, you expect yeah. him to make them when he's up there. You're not freaking out that he's shooting free throws. Um, but yeah, it's weird. You know, for a guy of his shooting percentage from three, you'd expect him to be a little better at yeah. the line. And some of it's that he doesn't take very many, right? Like, he he, he only takes right. like two per game at most. So even then, it's like, you're expecting him to hit one or two of them every game. You know, it's not a thing that you really think about too much. But um, yeah, certainly something that, in my mind at least, he would be a little better at, just given what his skills are in the NBA. But you know, you you expect him to make him when he goes up there. That's, I think he's that level of free throw shooter.
0: Mm -hmm. Career high in scoring. as mentioned 13.6 points per game. Uh, I believe a uh, career high, even an assist 1.3. I mean, technically that's a career high. Uh, All in all, he seems to be finding his, his, his mark in the NBA, you know, in the the 2019, 20 season, 10.3 points per game. So he's seen a jump. Um, could we expect more of that? I mean, he's going to be in a different role. He's not going to be kind of a primary guy as he was in Indiana, or maybe he will be depending on how the Spurs sh- shake him out. Um, were you surprised to see him um, have career highs in a few categories? So sort of, you know, I think
1: Nate Bjorken, uh was better at using shooters and shooting than his predecessing coaches were in Indiana, which suited McDermott. Well, right. He needed a coach who could, kind of use him in the right ways in the way that Nate McMillan did not. Uh, that's how he was able to get better at attacking the rim and and, and stuff like that last season. Um, but that said, you know, his role is going to be interesting to watch in San Antonio, right? He also was at a career high in minutes last season for the Pacers mm-hmm. because they had so many injuries. So if he if he ends up about at 25 minutes, you know, I think he can put up similar stats just because he's a very solid play finisher and can can really play with anyone, keep the offense chugging along, stuff like that. So, you know, I think a lot of it's role-dependent. You know, if, if Popovich views him as a guy that can play 25 to 28 minutes a night, be that shooter, be that guy who can punish defenders coming around screens, yeah, I think he can be, you know, similar stats to what you saw his final season mm-hmm. with the Pacers. But, you know, if he, if he kind of – regresses is the wrong word, but if he kind of goes back to – Having a role where he is, uh, you know, the, the third option with the bench units and mm-hmm. he's just asked to shoot threes, you know, his stats will probably go down. His assists, I think, will definitely go down in San Antonio just because he won't have Sabonis, who he had insanely good chemistry with. But right. in general, I think the other stats will kind of just depend on what kind of role they use him in. And, and, you know, I don't I don't know what Pavlovich is thinking in that way. Right. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, we, we don't know. And you're right. I think his role will definitely change coming from Indiana to San Antonio. So, yeah, you might see. Uh, a small decrease in some categories next season. Overall, uh, Tony, you, you know, first of all, you know how how tough was it for the fan base, maybe for yourself, to see him leave Indiana?
1: I viewed him as the Pacers' most important free agent this summer. Uh, that you know they, they have probably enough shooting next year. Like Brogdon's okay at it. Turner's all right at it. Justin Holiday can shoot. TJ Warren maybe can shoot, but you know, losing a really good shooter is really risky. Always right. I thought he was probably the Pacers' most important free agent, and they just couldn't afford him at the at the price the Spurs had because of the luxury tax. So good for McDermott. I think that's a fair price for him. You know, I, I predicted he'd get somewhere between ten and fifteen million this summer. Um, so I, th- mostly he left Indiana for money reasons. But yeah, it's a huge bummer, right? They really needed his shooting. Again, I thought he was the most important Pacers free agent for that reason, and they they clearly would have valued it. They would have liked to have him back. They talked about that after the season last year, before his free agency, but they just. They couldn't quite keep up. It's going to hurt the Pacers to lose him. T.J. McConnell, when he was introduced, yeah. he resigned with the Pacers. discussed that. You know, he's pretty bummed that he'll lose Doug Dougie McBuckets uh, as his teammate and running mate with the bench. They had really good chemistry together. McConnell was able to set up McDermott a lot. And like I said earlier, you know they they had their wine drinking uh, shenanigans going <laughs> on. So you know that that'll hurt McConnell from an off court perspective. But yeah, you know he's the only player we've heard from since free agency started, and he you know expressed some. Maybe not sadness, but just you know, uh, he he he's sad his his friend is going to a different team and he won't be able to play with them anymore. So the Pacers will definitely miss his shooting uh, substantially, and I think that a lot of players liked playing with him. So yeah, it's a big loss here. You know, a lot of a lot of fans uh, thought he was you know the the most important guy to keep, and, and money was just a too big of a factor for them to
0: keep him. McDermott did say you know, years ago that he always wanted to play for the Spurs. So here it is. Come full circle. Now he's wearing silver and black. We're running out of time. Tony's a busy man. He needs to go. Uh, but Tony, thank you so much for hopping on Lockdown Spurs. It gives the Spurs fans kind of a 411 on what to expect from McDermott last season with Indiana, what you can anticipate for uh, next season as he wears a silver and black. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at T East NBA. Tony, tell us all about Lockdown Pacers.
1: Yeah, you bet. We're covering all the. The Pacers offseason moves over there. T.J. McConnell, Torrey Craig, some exciting rookies from summer league. Uh, I, I saw you had a very fun time in Vegas, Jeff. I'm very jealous. Of that. <laughs> so we're,
0: we're, we're breaking I that all down. You out there.
1: I know I haven't been able to go yet. You know, I talked to you today that I have a full time job outside of sports yeah. that I can't really take the PTO to get out there just yet. Maybe I can in future years. But you know, breaking that all down on Locked On Pacers should be fun. I don't think the Pacers have any former Spurs right now, but when when they do, I'll be sure to, to let you know that we're breaking them down over on
0: Lockdown Pacers. By the way, thanks uh, Indiana for that draft day uh, deal with Kawhi Leonard. I still appreciate <laughs> it, even though it did not work out in San Antonio. At least for one year, it did in 2014. As the Spurs got the title? Uh, yeah, make sure again follow Tony on Twitter at TPNBA and subscribe to Locked On Spurs and Locked On Pacers wherever you get your favorite podcast. I mean, seriously, Tony. I mean, you can find this anywhere. Anywhere, Odyssey, anywhere. Yeah, the Odyssey app, uh, Stitcher, iTunes. And if you do iTunes, give Locked On Pacers and Locked On Spurs a nice, big, fat five stars. Uh, We really would appreciate that. So for Tony East, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lot on this episode of Locked On Spurs.